Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We are a UK-based podcast that speaks about all things Dice Masters in the United Kingdom. I'm Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six, and my partner in crime... I'm Andy, a.k.a. WKO Drama. <laughs> Drama! 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 Little known fact for the listeners, actually, I don't know if they know this, but Andy doesn't have a career. He's not like a, in any kind of full-time employment. He generally takes seasonal work, and he's due to fly out to the North Pole in just a couple of days to pick up his uniform for his, his winter work, which, from what I understand, involves some sort of packaging some sort of packaging and processing job on a production line. So good luck on that, Andy. I hope, uh, I hope you earn well this year. Oh, thank you very much. Seasonal factory work, you know, got to get it where I can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear uh, actually the employer that you're working for has got a bit of a reputation for being a a, a bit of a, a taskmaster. He <laughs> is. Yeah, twenty four hours days, seven mm. days a week. Yeah. Um, so good luck with that. Yes, a little known fact for the <laughs> listeners there. True story. True story. How are you, Andrew? You okay? Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. You? Yeah, very good. Thanks, mate. Very good indeed. The temperature has dropped around these parts. I know it's quite tropical down there in the south, but we're getting a bit of a chill. I was in the far north yesterday. Um, yeah, that was that was that was crisp. That was icy up there. But otherwise, yeah, all good. So, what have you been up to lately, my man? Well, uh, gaming-wise, I've got some non-dice masters gaming in over the last couple of weeks. Managed to get a full game of Legends of the Five Rings in, which was awesome fun. Uh, nope. Really good game, really good game. No baristas kicking you out of their coffee shops this time? No, no, we went to the ball game cafe, got there nice and early, got a table, cracked on with a couple of games of Legends of the Five Rings, it was really cool. Okay, really very cool. good. Yeah, but it's been popular, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it might possibly be something that's slightly overtaking Netrunner, although that's a controversial statement, mm. uh, but a lot of people that are playing, well, were playing Netrunner, that I know of have kind of swayed more towards Legend of the Fire Ring, especially with the new Netrunner 2.0 coming out. But we're not a Netrunner podcast, so let's not dwell too much on that. Let's not dwell on that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Also, um, I got in a, a an evening of D and D roleplay. A bit of roleplay. Yeah. Well, whatever gets you through the night, mate. It's all right. It's all right. It's eight eight hours, and my wow. character he uh, he went all the way through catering college. <laughs> opened his own little uh, pastry store and started selling Danish pastries in the different dungeons of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> very good, yeah, very yeah. good. Did he provide any kind of liquid beverage to wash those pastries? <laughs> <laughs> no, water wasn't involved. It was just just floating Danish pastries in the world of medieval monsters <laughs> and slaughter. <laughs> brilliant it's a lovely evening enjoyed oh, it very good yeah tremendous <laughs> <laughs> how about you mate what have i been up to so all my gaming since we last had an episode out has been dice masters related i haven't played any non-dice master stuff it's been a bit co- oh I, I lie actually we had a me and uh, the good lady her indoors the hashtag competitive wife otherwise known as the true mrs six had a game of pandemic um, oh cool yeah, we, we like Pandemic. It, it can be a bit tough as a two-player game, but it still works. We actually beat the game this time round, which is also very rare for us. Usually the game beats us. So that's that's the only non-Dice Masters piece of gaming that we've done. Everything else has been Dice Masters related for me. So I had a couple of games the other night. Uh, well, you know, I get together at the FLGS, that's Element Games in Stockport, 
for a standing kind of Tuesday night thing that I do with the lads. So yeah, that was that was just pretty straightforward and standard actually. Nice. Oh, oh, I didn't mention the uh, the the virtual game that I played. Oh yes, I've also yeah we've played both virtually. been doing them, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, absolutely. So once again, our thanks to Troy. I know you're listening. For I, I hope he he's he's getting by all right. I believe that sometimes he struggles to understand our Englishness, especially when he sets his podcast up to one and a quarter speed. Um, <laughs> so you you need to slow that down, bro. That's that's where the best Chris and Andy experience is. Nice and slow. Uh, but Troy, yeah, thanks again to Troy, who's organised an online league. I'm sure, I, I hope, some of the people who are playing in that league are listening. And the first, this was the first week, wasn't it, of the first round? So you played Michaela from the Reserve Ball. Hi, Michaela. And I played my man Gary, Gary Conduct. Hi, Gary. A pleasure once again to play against you. So, yeah, that's that's good fun. And we, we at the Ministry of Dice, we're big advocates of online gaming. So get your webcams bought and your mic stands and your desk lamps and, and whatever else you need to mount your webcam. We're, yeah, we're big advocates of that. So get involved if you're not already. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I've not done it before. I've always thought it looks like too much hassle. And then it was one of those things when you actually bothered and bought the webcam, it would took like two minutes and it was set up straight away. So yeah, it really isn't that hard at all. So uh, definitely give it a go. So we we played a couple of games over Skype recently, haven't we, my man? Uh, as well outside of that virtual leagues. So yeah, that's been that's been good. I've been playing around with a few new team ideas, but I'm, I'll keep we'll keep that on the down low because we're, yes. we're pla- because we're planning on doing a couple of segments on on those new teams in some future episodes, hopefully. So yeah, there you go. Excellent, right? Well, let's have a bit of a chat about the upcoming episode. So before I actually give you the you folks the rundown as to what the content is this week, we I did want to just put a little bit of small print on, if that's okay, Andy. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what is it? Well, so in the segment where we talk about our experience at the Chimera WKO, we allude to and reference a couple of times the next wave of WKOs that we'll be playing in. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you guys will go on to listen to it so you'll you'll get a sense of what i mean by that uh, there was actually quite a lengthy discussion that me and you had in one of the segments that i just cut out entirely <laughs> <laughs> because if you are active on facebook you'll already know this or you'll have heard WizKids uh, put a document out as i understand it i'm not i'm not sure of the fine detail here put a document out to some stores about the winter wkos which traditionally take place february march time and there's a paragraph within that document that says Heroclix will be taking place in the WizKids opens but star trek attack wing and more importantly dice masters will not be having events in the winter wko which caused well what i would call a little bit of a fuss we're all doomed we are all doomed it's the end the end is nigh (laughs) get get your odes to dice masters written um your is it an ode do you write an ode when it's died obituary obituaries eulogies is that yeah that sounds good yeah eulogies write your eulogies now it's all over it's all over folks <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the ministry of dice your net runner <laughs> and star wars lcg no definitely oh not. yeah 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 i thought you yeah. meant uh, i was thinking destiny that other one yeah uh, what yeah. you mean the fisher price dice game <laughs> yeah your duplo bricks yeah 
I'm out, by the way, listeners. Destiny's dead for me now, so if anyone's interested in buying a collection, give me a shout. So, yeah, it caused a bit of a stir. There was a bit of controversy. A lot of people speculating and drawing lines and making connections to to the way that games in the past have kind of come to fizzle out and die, become discontinued, and how a certain series of events seem to mirror or parallel and be very similar to how things have gone for other games in the past. We didn't know a great deal, though. But come Monday, though, the big man himself, the Lord of the Dice, Justin Ziran over at WizKids. Hi, Justin. Once again, we know you're listening. Um, Popped on. Uh, I've got to say, fair play to the guy leaping into the middle of a a Facebook debate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that that's a minefield that many of us wouldn't dare to do he just waded right into the middle of that so full respect brother and answered a few questions did we get as much detail as we might have liked to reassure us or set our minds at ease possibly not but he, he definitely talked about the fact that you know don't be going to these dark conspiratorial places to quote him it is just they want to look at approaching competitive dice masters in a different kind of way and perhaps in a more casual way he seems to allude to which I think we'd be comfortable over here with, wouldn't we, Andy? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, a number of different ways it could go. We only had two WKOs last year, whereas uh, the guys over in the US had three. So who knows what's going to happen? There's so many different things that we don't know for us to really get too bothered about, I think. Will they do something? Maybe they'll, because Heroclix is huge. Maybe they're just going to separate them out because some places play Heroclix and don't play Dice Masters. Other places play Dice Masters, not Heroclix. Maybe they'll ditch it all altogether, in which case I will be UK national champion forever. Uh, You will be a UK national champion forever. I will be the current Dice Masters national champion forever. (laughs) So... Let's, let's all jump on the bandwagon and not play nationals anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can find my petition there. It's no, no more nationals at gov.co.uk. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to be, if, if there's no more qualification events, it's going to be a pretty quick fire situation over here. The five of you can just play a quick round robin <laughs> and go from there. So, still more to understand on in that space. We're obviously disappointed that there's not going to be a set of winter WKOs, especially because we've started working on some teams and Andy is actually enforcing a hundred games of practice with me, which haven't been going so well for me, have they? Oh no, I won a couple the other night, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. We'll get you up to scratch. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're obviously disappointed that any opportunity to play more Dice Masters will take. I think if it does go to a more casual approach, it's actually not going to impact us in the UK, perhaps quite the same way as it will do in other parts of the world, because we we kind of already operate in a kind of casual, competitive way anyway. <laughs> uh, but what, what I did notice, though, Andy, is that he didn't answer the two most important questions in that Facebook debate. No, he didn't. No, no, he did not. And those two questions were, how often do you listen to the Ministry of Dice? Which I think is perhaps priority number one. And yeah. then secondly, do you want to come on and do one of our Dice Masters quizzes? Nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. He responded to so many, but would he respond to that? No, he, he just completely no. blanked us. He shrieked us. <laughs> he shrieked us. <laughs> <laughs> completely shrieked us. Uh, yeah, answering all this stuff about competitive dice masters and blah, 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 blah. Didn't get an answer to the two most important questions. So, Justin, if you get an opportunity, uh, can you bob back over to that Facebook discussion, please, and address those top priority questions? Just if you could take a break from drinking coffee in your coffee cup made of surplus sidekick dice, (laughs) in your office made of surplus sidekick dice, uh, on your desk 
made of surplus basic action dice that would be amazing yeah please do look forward to getting in touch and and hearing what your thoughts were we most certainly do so on to the show then (laughs) (laughs) a quick rundown as i mentioned we've got the wko that took place at chimera both me and andy were there so you've got a little bit of conversation about how that event went for us what kind of teams we saw played uh, and some live audio that we recorded on the day we've got some listener correspondence for you we've got what else we got i can't remember what we've recorded oh another pick of the week that's three episodes in a row with picks of the week so we clearly love doing our picks of the week this one's a retro pick of the week taking a look back at golden age rotation out cards and then a little treat at the end to finish off the episode so i don't think there's anything else to say at this point andy uh no let's get on with it without further ado enjoy the episode so the third of four UKWKOs took place last Sunday. Well, last Sunday for us as a time of recording. We've got one more yet to go, which is up in Scotland, and there'll be some information coming through on the blog on that. But at that event, we both attended. So it was a very exciting day for me and Andy. It's the first time we saw each other face-to-face since... Nationals. Nationals, yeah, since Nationals. And so for this next section now, we'd like to take a few minutes to talk about the day, talk a little bit about the teams that we saw, talk a little bit about the events uh, as a whole, and share some of the audio that we took on the day. Isn't that right? That's right, that's right. It was a great event. It was slap bang in the middle of the country, so it was nice, uh, well, I say nice and easy. It's a little bit of a trip for both of us to get there. 15 players in total, a lot of the usual faces, Ben... Dan, Joe from uh, London, my man Mickey rocked up for his first WKO of the new season. My friend Dan, who did really well for his uh, his first WKO, he hasn't played anything competitive since Nationals 2016, so it's good to see him again. Hi Dan, I know you're listening. And yeah, it's good to get uh-huh. together as a as a I think the biggest one we've had for a while and roll some dice. Yeah, absolutely. So 15 players, we had a bye. That meant we played four rounds of Swiss and then did a top eight, top four, and a final on the day, you know, which is standard, standard Whiskers tournament format there. So you're right, yeah, a couple of the usual faces. Quite a few of the Manchester crew were down with me. So we had uh, Mike and Pembo, Team Fullwood, the father and son combo that we talk about regularly over this side of the water, myself. So the Manchester contingent was well represented also. Yeah, I think it was a great day. So Chimera Games, we've, we've had WKOs there before. They've, they always give us an incredibly warm welcome, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Tim, it's T.O. in. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, ran really smoothly. Really enjoyed, really enjoyed the day. So when we first met up, me and Andy got together just outside the shop. We'd been to Cafe Nero for a quick brew. And we took a, a quick snippet, a few minutes of not even a few minutes uh, some audio there of us just kind of talking about the outset of the day so should we cut to that for a moment for the listeners yeah, Andy? right then so here we are out the front of chimera games in nottingham we're getting ourselves set for the wko that should be starting any minute now are you feeling confident andy no thanks for that care to elaborate <laughs> there's a lot of good players here today uh, and um, we'll see how it goes We've got with us just uh, one of the other powerhouses on the scene, Mike Power. Can I say hello to the listeners? Hey guys, how you doing? You feeling confident today? Uh, not facing Andy, no. I've seen his team, so um, I know how this goes, but yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. Okay, well, best luck to you both, and we'll, uh, we'll get an update out later on. 
Right, so there we go. We started out the day clearly full of beans and ready to go. Andrew sounded, you sounded very enthusiastic and fighting fit for it, my man. Uh, yeah, I sounded more than I was. <laughs> I think uh, that was an incredibly elaborate description of the kind of emotional journey you're going through preparing yourself for the WKO there. Uh, I think you're quite the wordsmith for a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, that was at the outset of the day. So, let's start with the Swiss rounds. How did the Swiss rounds go for you, my man? Uh, right, Swiss rounds. I uh, What did I do? I won two and lost two. I was running an Ultraman team, very similar to the one I took to Nationals, tweaked slightly to be more direct damage than running over for the with the front line for combat damage. I won against my first game, which was against Dan Lloyd again. So, both WKOs, I faced off against him first. He was also running an Ultraman team, which used the, I think I want to say, Uncommon Dwarf Wizard, which gets the plus two buff to his attack when uh, a action is fired off. So he was getting to a massive attack with Ultraman firing off all the basic actions. So that was good because he took my scalp at Southampton, so it was nice to return the favour <laughs> in Chimera. Um, uh, next game was up against Ben, which he does what Ben does and just took me apart. Uh, very quick, got a lot to say about that. Uh, then I played Edwin with a very nicely put together Boom Boom Direct Damage Jubilee combo team which i just managed to eke past by rolling i think two or three kryptonites in one turn to blank everything that was blanking me and then up against full ball for my final game with his ability to pull what he needs to uh, he had a full field of nasties including scarlet witch and a shriek that really kind of put a scupper to my plans and he managed to walk through with two face which i think he picked up from Haley. Uh, so I was two and two mm. at the end of the Swiss. Enough to get you to top eight, though, wasn't it? Was. It was, yep, it was, yep. Yeah, absolutely. So my Swiss rounds is not quite as much of a success story. I managed to draw three and lose one. <laughs> Epic drawing. Yes, I, I queued for audience applause there. Yeah, you know, regular readers of the blog and certainly a large proportion of the regular competitive UK players will know that this is not an uncommon True Mr. Six story. I think I need more Killer Instinct or something. <laughs> it's my problem. I, I just I take too much time, dawdle over it, and I play too tentative, which is something I've written about and spoken about before. Uh, the one thing about a tie is that you get a you get a damn good match out of it. That's for sure. So uh, that wasn't enough for me to go to top eight. That because it's you know it was bobbins basically. <laughs> Uh, a cautionary word for anyone out there who's a new competitive player looking to get into constructed competitive play. A couple of things to bear in mind. Don't change two cards on your team the night before you go to the WKO without playtesting them, or at least putting any thought into how they might actually work. That's that's that, that's a, that's that's some platinum grade advice there. Well, you me. say that, but um, the collect, you put in the rare collector, and that was a, a blinding choice, I thought. Uh, actually, it was, yeah. And it worked. It it worked exactly as, as I had hoped. I think the thing was, I played essentially... I, sorry, I haven't talked about the team, have I? So I played essentially the same team that I played at the Manchester WKO the weekend before. And one of my observations of the team at the Manchester WKO is that it felt a little bit too slow to me. So I wanted to try and speed it up a bit. So I, uh, I made two changes in order to speed it up. I popped the danger room in the team in order to maximise the damage potential of Nobby a bit more, to pump that up 
so I wasn't just relying on my own villain count to do that. And I popped the collector in, which was going to allow me a method to field Norman Osborne for dirt cheap and, and you know do those those punches. Uh, and not, not only that, but allow me to do those punches in my opponent's turn as well as my own. So that was my attempt to speed the team up. But I made sacrifices in order to do that. I took the Blackbird out, which was my global... Uh, what's the word? Global hate that was on the team. Yep, and I took Madam Mask out, which was my when fielded protection, in order to slot the collector in. So there was a couple of sacrifices there. Although I must admit, actually, taking those two out weren't particularly the reason for the ties. I think it was just, like I say, classic classic Chris stuff, just daft misplays. Or I'll say one thing as well, I've got to get better at is kind of clocking what my opponent's got going on that I can maximise or take advantage of, or be a bit more creative about how I run interference on it. But yeah, the collector's a beautiful card. I pulled some some lovely shenanigans. I got locked out. I played uh, Joe. He was playing a mask control team, and it had the Raven on there, Madam Mask on there. It had Ronin on there. All, all tremendous cards to counter a direct damage Norman Osborne villain team. The Raven particularly is is just grim. And so my Nobby was locked out, couldn't do any damage from my Nobby, so I just started collecting his morph and started using his own win condition <laughs> in order to get some damage through, which felt very satisfying. I also managed to collect a bishop into my field in my opponent's turn to protect me from brutal direct damage attack. So it's definitely one to watch the collector, and it's a card I'm going to play around with more. However, it, it didn't stop me from pulling a day full of draws yeah you also played against paul forward for the game that lasted 17 hours didn't you i did yeah which was exhausting and and I'm, i don't have the stamina to keep doing that especially in the first round yeah paul forward yeah it wouldn't be a wko for me if i didn't play paul i think i've played him at every single wko i've ever attended well, that's nice. um, uh, yeah, but we play each other. We we hang out in the same store. We're friends. We play each other regularly. It's like oh, I've just travelled two hours to play the guy I, I play every Tuesday night. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, but no, I like playing Paul. Uh, we are quite evenly matched. I think he would say so himself. So we do go for these long one-game rounds, just really kind of chess each other out. I think he's he's definitely got the edge on me. He's a better player, really, to be fair. But we're evenly matched in terms of team building. And we filled about 35 minutes, 40 minutes of the, that first round with one game, which I took. We wrapped up for a, a game and Paul went all out aggro, which I don't see Paul do very often. Uh, and he won the second game in about five minutes flat. I was like, why didn't you just do that in the first game? That's insane. So, yeah, these are the things that make it fun for me. You, you know, everybody knows how I roll with this stuff. I just, even if I'm on for a loser, I will make you play for 45 minutes and make it tough. <laughs> we're having a game I'm here to roll dice I don't care if it's a foregone conclusion I'm not going to give you an easy time (laughs) so uh, yeah so at that point I was knocked out and I went I hung around did a bit of trading and I went we played a little mini draft a couple of us who knocked out at that point but you went on to the top eight didn't you I did I did got into the top eight was drawn against Phil again for the second game in a row against him again his pulls uh, getting exactly what he wanted when he needed to that meant that even though i was switching things up with the ultraman uh decided to forego buying ultraman for a storm and cosmic cube rush to nullify his shriek on my ultraman on the first turn or the first few turns mm. managed to eke ahead but still came a cropper in the end tried just buying merlins when he started to go blanking on my storm again did quite a bit of damage but it was too little too late and i was knocked out 
Shame, commiserations, my man. So me and you then met up again at this point in the day to lay down a little bit more audio. Should we share that with the audience? We could, yes, we could. I do sound a little bit salty at the time. Uh, do you? I've not. I listened to it back. I didn't detect no. that. But we'll let the listeners decide, I suppose. This is not good, though. Two WKOs back to back where me and you are, are just giving it the salt. <coughs> mm. Oh, well. Have a listen, guys. So here we are at the end of the day then. Me and Andy are out the front of the shot once again. Uh, the top four are playing currently, but sadly, neither of us are at one of the tables. Um, so, Andy, how's your day gone so far? Yeah, it's been a nice day. Disappointed not to uh, get further on. Got to the top eight, uh, then got knocked out. Um, yeah, it's all right. Bit disappointed, but looking forward to my three-hour drive home. <laughs> well, you did better than me, my man. I've, uh, How did you do, Chris? Well, I've gone through the whole day with um, draws. I've managed to tie every game but one today, which I think is I'm going to start developing a reputation for, uh, for bad rolls and an inability to actually win a game. <laughs> the Brit Roller Draw. The Brit Roller Draw, yeah. It shall go down in history. They'll write songs about me. Um, there'll be... <laughs> I don't know, there'll be something going on. Something going on. So uh, that's it. That's the end of the WKO season, my man, so far. Yeah, we'll look forward to spring where we can have another go at it. I've got a nice shiny sh- shocking grasp, um, which is uh, which will go nicely in the collection. And um, more practice in, see if we can do better for the next round. Yeah, I need to start doing my 100 games. That's that's apparent to me. Yeah. So uh, there we go. That's the end of our Chimera WKO. Uh, onwards and upwards till after Christmas. Ta-ra now. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, so there we were. That was it. That was the end of our journey on the WKO. I finished up my draft and then hung around a bit to see how the rest of the event panned out. And all that's left to do is say congratulations to Ben Said Scott, who took the top spot once again. So, yeah, our 2016 UK national champion, the top spot. But he, he had already qualified. So then Phil in the second place has also qualified as well. Because I was still around at that point when Ben won, I, I sat down and got a little bit of audio with Ben. So let's take a listen to that, shall we? All right, folks, it's the end of the day of the WKO at Chimera Games, and we now have the two WKO winner back-to-back, Ben Scott, for you all. How's your day been, Ben? Yeah, pretty good. I was also a semi-finalist in Southampton. I'd just like to point that out. No, finalist in Southampton. Just to point out. Finalists, these things are very, very important. Three-time finalist. Words you will never hear me say. <laughs> no, yeah, but you just roll badly. I don't know what it is. I roll really well. I don't, everyone against me just rolls really badly. I'm, I'm, what can I say? I'm born under a bad sign. It's the crystal twister. It's going in the bin. It is. Um, so what did you play today, Ben? Um, it was like a shield. It was initially a shield ring team, but I took the ring out for team up. Um, and it was team up with Blob and Namorita and Giant Spider and then some other stuff and some other stuff which uh, will Blob, be on which sure. will be on the team lists yep. if you want to go take a look at them on BritRoller6.com yep, yep, yep. yep. so Absolutely. will my right up uh, anything caught your eye today you thought it was particularly interesting loads of collectors um, that was cool <laughs> yeah he's a great card if yeah it's just it's, all three of the WKOs that I've been at have had really different teams like the whole thing yeah I think there's a lot going on at the minute in the meta that makes it just super interesting yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it is literally just a matter of who you come up against. Because yeah. I came up against a bunch of Guy Gardeners, especially in Swiss. I hate Guy Gardener. And they, Guy Gardener is just rubbish against Namorita. You sure. have to attack into it. And sure. I was like, okay, I'll block. You're yeah. KO my Namorita, but yours goes to use block. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so he's got an answer for everything this man, hasn't he? It uh, 
answer for anything. Super good, yeah. Yeah, well, congratulations, Ben. Well done Thank once you. again. Yeah. Uh, I hope you have a great Christmas and a fantastic new year. Yeah, we'll you see too. you in the uh, in the February yeah. swing. Hopefully. Is it February normally? Do Hopefully, one? it might be in March. I don't might know. be March. Well, we'll see. Yeah, but uh, well done, mate, and onwards and upwards. Yeah, thanks, dude. There we go. So, well, one thing that I want to draw attention to in that, Andy, is that Ben makes a great point around how many different teams there are around, the different type of meta that, that we're seeing now. And I think that, that was definitely evident at RWKO in Chimera, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, every team is different. Every team had a different aspect, and they were all good ways of winning. We saw direct damage in the form of, of my Ultraman team and the Jubilee boom-boom combo. We saw... Yeah. Guy Rush teams, we saw... Infiltrate. Infiltrate, exactly, we saw... Villain teams. Yeah, but all sorts. I mean, uh, Ben ran a, a shield ring without the ring with a team-up. Well, I suppose you'd call it a team-up team, yeah. Which was, you know, which obviously worked fantastically well for him. And, yeah, I think it shows that anything can do well. It's the player, the practice, and knowing what you're doing. Yeah, you know, I can testify to that most definitely. Yeah, lots of great, interesting teams knocking around. I I think there's still unmined depths as well. It is something that we're planning on talking about in some future episodes, so please go back and stay tuned for that because I think there's some stuff there knocking around that could be explored and revisited even from some of the not yet rotated out sets but still earlier. I think think one thing I have noticed, we have got very... uh, kind of laser being focused on all the new shiny haven't we yeah i think there's definitely scope to look back over things which were overshadowed previously by things like bard and beholder and because they were so good we 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 overlooked quite a lot of stuff which now i think has got a chance of doing really well uh me personally in regards to kind of my team i i was looking to put something together with uh the spider-man that we discussed in the last episode but didn't have the cards available to do it so i'm going to be looking at playing with that a bit more so i think that spider-man's got some really good potential especially with rare professor x global which i managed to pick up but i'm also um yeah ultraman for me i mean the team itself was very good i have to admit i did call in some help from michaela from the reserve pool uh, sent her a few messages yeah. to irritate her and, and pick her a very uh, knowledgeable dice master's brain wait hang, hang on hang on sorry you speak to other podcasters am i not all the podcast friends you need is my team advice not sufficient she was fourth in worlds mate all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right well if you yeah i mean if you're gonna you know <laughs> <laughs> she definitely knows what she's talking about she gave me some great advice for the team and how to play it but what i have realized is although it is a good team and i've got a bit of history with with ultraman and, and doing well uh, it's not how i like to play i do prefer a little bit more interaction and attacking and defending and and those kind of things as opposed to kind of all the direct damage uh, and just it was a it was a, a lesson in trying to get things timed at the right time, which I suppose a lot of Dice Masters is, but it's so annoying when you're, you're pulling out Kryptonite without an Ultraman or a Cosmic Cube without anything. That's just so annoying. <laughs> cosmic Cube out because, and there's nothing there to like trigger any form of damage. Well, well, you see, you will learn to play Dice Masters overusing PXG. <laughs> That's so true as well. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Uh, Throwing a Jessica Jones in someone's face is a lot more exciting than pulling a Cosmic Cube just to put it into use because you can't do anything with it. So, yes, I think a bit of team building is on the horizon, 
Yeah, for sure. So make it the Ministry of Dice and the BritRoller6.com blog for all your UKWK news in the future. Yeah. Speaking of which, so that's the end of our WKO journey this season. But there is one yet to take place in the UK. So please head on over to the blog to take a look at how the Scottish WKO at Settlers in Hamilton shakes down. Also head on over to BritRoller6.com for team lists, tournament reports, just general salty rants by me in relation to <laughs> WKOs and popular cards that at the moment so until until next spring that's that's the end of the journey for us uh, over here cool but it won't be long so on that no <laughs> we'll wind it up there <laughs> <laughs> andy i've had another letter arrive in the post at brit roller six towers oh awesome awesome yeah, yeah it's a so it's a long-term listener they've written in before and they've followed up on their last letter here and i thought you might like to know what they've written in and said Oh, yeah, yeah, read out, read out. Tell us what they say. Okay, no problem, man. So, dear Chris and Andy, thank you so much for reading out my last letter. Since then, I have started to slowly be accepted back into the community. Although my return has not been as successful as my previous experience, for a while now, I have been doing well, protecting my group from characters that may wish to cause them harm. Well, that's nice. Unfortunately, I am struggling with a couple of new players on the scene which have been causing a bit of a stir and are affecting my reintegration into the community. The first one, we'll call him Frank, is a large, bullish guy who is literally stopping players from playing their games. He's been seen blocking doors to the venue and in some cases not even allowing players to leave their houses. The other is a girl, a bit of a goth, and I'll call her Sandra. She struts around, blanking the other players in our group, treats them like they are not even there. I tried to speak to her about this, but she put her hand in my face and walked away. Oh dear, doesn't have much longer, this guy, does he? Try as I might, I have not been able to overcome these two characters and found my local gaming becoming very controlled and oppressed. This came to a head when the TO of our group, Leonard, actually handed out firearms to protect ourselves from these two. The problem is, he keeps his weapons in an unheated outhouse and they've all frozen up. The evening ended in a long drawn out Mexican standoff, with neither side able to get the upper hand. This is sounding like a familiar story to me, Andy. Mm. Although I seem to be gaining experience fighting these kind of monsters in the game, I feel myself again withdrawing from even casual play. I hope that by blocking these attacks I can give back in some small way to the community, make up for my last misadventures and prep them for the future. Yours sincerely, thanks again, H.E. Bard. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back folks, so this next segment now we would like to do another retro pick of the week. We enjoyed doing it so much on our golden special a couple of weeks ago that we thought it would become a regular feature and we'll dive nostalgically back into the vaults of Dice Masters cards that have been rotated out and talk about why we loved them so much back in the day. So prepared one each to bring to the table and we'll we'll have a bit of a chat. But before we do Squeaky time. Squeaky jingle time. Pick of the week. Retro. Okay then, Andy, do you want to get us out the gate with your retro pick of the week? Sure. Well, we've gone back to AVX this week as the first set that was released and one of the best sets, in my opinion, that uh, came out. And I have gone for the Uncommon Deadpool, Deadpool Jack. 
Deadpool Jack. Okay. Cool. He is. So he's Deadpool Jack. He is a five cost fist. His text reads, when Deadpool attacks, you may assign an opposing character to block him. At the end of the turn, knock out that character. And his stats are 024025137. That's uh, an interesting choice. Talk us through your thinking. Why is this your retro pick of the week? Well, I always love this card. It is the targeted removal without targeting. So pretty much once you've gone up to the five cost and bought him and you've got him out, you can pretty much remove what you want from the field. So it doesn't matter what its defense is. You can just drag him over attack he has to block and then you get rid of it which kind of frees up other characters to do things get something out obviously they're going to roll it again next turn but you've got that 50 50 chance that he's not going to come up and it's just a really good utility piece i think he did feature if i am right in the u.s national winning team 2016 i think i'm right there let me know if i'm wrong and certainly we were using him before then and and that kind of cemented in how good a, a card he was and how strong it could be and it's just that 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 selected removal that i don't like that one so deadpool's gonna hit him deadpool might get knocked out although when his top face is seven defense he's he's not going anywhere easily but he's gonna get that out the way regardless of its defense regardless of its abilities it's going yeah i used to play around with him a little bit myself and i used to like to pair him up with ant-man from the uxm you know ant-man with the defense switchy global oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that would work nicely. Yeah, absolutely, because one of the downsides I used to find with this guy was that his attack wasn't very high. Yeah, I mean, if you've got something up against him, it doesn't really matter because it's going away anyway. But if you have got that open field and you want to run him through for some damage, getting to be seven instead of three, I can see that being pretty cool. No. Do you know what I'm doing? What are you doing? I'm confusing Deadpool Jack with... Deadpool Chionosaki. Ah, the deal two damage to each opposing character? Yeah, if he knocks oh, the character out. Let me read them out. So, Chionosaki is, when Deadpool attacks, you may assign an opposing character to block him. If he knocks out that character, he deals two damage to each opposing character. So, you switch his attack and defense, so he's a seven, to knock them out, and then clear the rest of the field. Yes. That's cool. what I used to do. It wasn't Deadpool Jack at all. Yeah, it's still a really cool card. I just like the way that you could actually get something out of the field. It was the time when we were started to play around with it. And Superman, we've mentioned before, Superman, that he can't be knocked out. Or yes. He can't, or is it can't be take? He can't take damage in the attack phase. Let's find him. Uh, DC. Make yourself comfortable. Won't be a moment. Yep. Everyone just sit quietly with me while we listen to an old man use computer. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny because it's true. Uh, yeah, so Superman cannot be damaged during your attack step. Last on a crypto. I got a little bit of a patented Chris tangent by me. When we first play in this card, this last on a crypto, Superman cannot be targeted during the, no, can be damaged during the attack step. And we were like, why is this not on all these like team lists from WKOs in, in America and Worlds? Because like this w- w- this is amazing. He can't be damaged during the attack step. How would you get around it? And of course, there's a ways and means. And then Deadpool Jack was the one that we come up to as, yeah, okay, you can attack sure. him. Probably going to knock out 
Deadpool, but Deadpool's going to kick him off the field anyway. And then with his high fielding cost, it's going to put him at a dent in any ramp when he comes round again. It's not even a very interesting tangent. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Deadpool Jack, one of my favourites. Certainly, if you haven't, play around with it. You can pick up the AVX cards pretty cheap now and still exciting and still worth a play. Fair play. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Best right. of yours. Yeah. Innovative. Sorry, I was just dwelling on this assign thing, not targeted. That never occurred to me before. Oh, so in Golden, Yeah. Raven can go and shove it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that never occurred to me. So thank you for pointing that one out. No that, problem. He might be finding his way onto one of our Golden Age theme night teams. <laughs> at a local gaming store near me soon. I won't mention it, don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm just, yeah sure, sure. Although they will all be religiously listening because they know that I'll just be hugely offended if they don't. Anyway, my uh, my retro pick of the week. My retro pick of the week is Human Torch Johnny Storm, the uncommon from AVX. He has the Fantastic Four affiliation. He's a four-cost bolt. <laughs> Fantastic Four affiliation. <laughs> he has a Max Die 5, just something interesting to note there. And his game text is, while Human Torch is active, each time you field a character, Human Torch deals one damage to your opponent and one to a target character. Um, which is, I think, really, really interesting. And I had an awful lot of fun with this bad boy. You did. In fact, we both lined up against each other in uh, Nationals 2016 with this guy on our team. Uh, did you have him too? I did. You didn't use him as effectively as me, though, obviously. We, we, we got a draw. I can't see it being that bad. Yeah, you say potato, I say potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, as you know, and if there's anyone out there who's been reading my blog since I started writing it, uh, I used to love messing around with this guy, playing him with little weenie teams, used to load up on kobolds and goblins and all sorts of whatever little two-costers, morphine jars, you know, two-costers, one-costers I could get my hands on, and just field and field and field like a maniac, and ping, 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 clear his field as best as I could with the character damage that it was doing until I was ready to ramp up to something like a Hulk, <laughs> the old uh, the green Goliath, drop, yeah. drop him in the field, throw a weenie out there and but drop the character damage on him instead eventually clear the field um and charge over with all my weenies just to finish him off this used to be my my absolute favorite thing to do in all the world <laughs> <laughs> so just really yeah soften the ground loads with tons of damage tons of that death by a thousand cuts ping throwing across the table uh, and then finish off with a big board clear and a weenie charge yeah, I loved him too. I prefer to play Jade Giant as opposed to Green Goliath with him for a couple of reasons. Firstly, it was more specific, so you could get rid of the big nasty kind of first, uh, which was usually Green Goliath. And I used to really hate the Green Goliath tennis, where you'd have two damage to one side, two damage to the other side, two damage to that side, two damage to that side. True. Uh, and Jay Giant used to save me from having to do any horrible maths so I could just get rid of Green Goliath <laughs> first and then slowly get rid of the others but yeah it's a really really good card a very brutal card especially with the likes like you said uh, Morphin Jars Kobolds Serenas yeah. uh, Gobbies Guy Gardeners all those kind of low costs big hitting you want them to attack and cycle through just brutal yeah, just brutal. I, I, I mean, there's not much more to say about that. I, I think I also like the fact that I could just 
back in that those days when your card slots were less pressured by you know trying to counter shrieks you'd have space and go well he's just added value i'll chuck him in for the <laughs> you know for the sake <laughs> of it just because a little bit of direct damage to soften your opponent up before your more heavy hitting win condition arrived was never really a bad thing back in those days so he just had a lot of utility yeah his quality yeah the one, one thing you could always pretty much guarantee you'd do in any game is field some characters <laughs> that is true <laughs> you know yeah so big fan of human torch johnny storm played him a lot he was at my my first ever nationals team he did reasonably well i think it was more pilot error than team error there but a lot of fun to play with and lots of little combos and synergies you can find to use with him yeah definitely where did you end up in that qualifier what position where did i end up in the qualifier now you're asking i've cast my memory back i've got a feeling i want to say 11th or 12th maybe yeah, ooh, because I was 13th. If anyone was so inclined, they could go to BritRoller6.com and then go to the tournament report section, <laughs> scroll for a bit, <laughs> <laughs> and go and check. I definitely wrote up the event. But yeah, I've got a feeling it was 12th. Well, if I was 12th, would I have then qualified? Ooh, did you qualify? No, I didn't. No, I think it was the top eight. I think it was eight and eight, and then it was the 16 for the final, plus one for the last year's winner, so 17. So, no, you wouldn't. Okay, sure. So that sounds about right, maybe 12th. I am now actually scrolling back through my blog. Notice how I managed to continue talking, Andrew, holding a comprehensive <laughs> conversation while I manoeuvre through this thing called the internet. Wow, you are so modern age. Skills, bruv, skills. <laughs> Guild in it. This is how we millennials do it, you know. And the, the content of content of your conversation is top class. Yeah, absolutely, because I'm able to continue using the internet while holding this conversation with you. I will undoubtedly throw a meme your way any minute now too, <laughs> and perhaps a photo of myself with some kind of cute animal filter applied to it. Watch this space. Have you found it yet? No, I haven't found it. I know I competed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did too. I'm pretty sure but I was there. Competed is a strong word. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I found it. Here we go. 36 players on the Friday. The top nine, top seven, blah, 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 blah. Who writes this? You know what I mean? Get to the point. I don't think I've even actually written where I positioned. That's not very informative. Oh no, I've just listened to who the qualifying people were. Yeah, that's the those were the people. So yeah, I hope I hope the listeners enjoyed that. That little walk down memory lane. Not only were we talking about our retro pick of the weeks from AVX, but we also talked about our first national that has no relevance to anything at all right now. <laughs> the yeah. Ministry of Dice. You'll hear it here first with cutting edge news. Do, 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 do. Yeah, cutting edge news. Andy qualified on day two of the <laughs> 2016 National Championship. <laughs> yeah. What was the actual question that I was looking for here now? What position you was at the qualifier. Oh, that's right. Hang on, let me scroll to the bottom of this one. It'll be on my recap. I made some dumb dumb moves in that qualifier three wins two ties and a loss uh, put me at 10th jeepers creepers just one spot outside of the qualifying position 
is what I wrote here. Wow, you came above me. Uh, yes, yeah, get used to it. Yeah, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not if you keep playing 2016 Elf Thief-related teams. <laughs> i got Elf Thief, I've got Oracle. <laughs> I've got yeah. Bard. Still. Bard, ready to go, here we go, yeah. Imprisoned. Can I bring my beholder out? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, folks. I hope you enjoyed that really meandering... <laughs> <laughs> meandering look through blog posts randomness but our retro picks of the week from the Avengers vs X-Men set are Deadpool Jack and Human Torch Johnny Storm Hey Chris uh, Yes mate It's coming up to Christmas It is, absolutely, tis the season Is the season, I think we should do a Christmas themed top 10 A Christmas themed top 10? Yep Well it's very funny that you should mention that Starting our countdown at number 10. What's that I hear outside my door? There's song in the air. Why, it's people out over sailing, hitting the high notes. Dad needs to loosen his belt from two helpings of turkey. At number 9, we have Bat for Seconds. Old Saint Nick, he's nothing without his little helpers. Number 8 is Fuzzy Elf. You've avoided them all year long, but now they're coming to visit. Our seventh entry is part of the family. In at number six, it's the new year and you've gained a little bit of holiday weight. It's time for that crash diet. How did those wise men know where to go? Why, they just looked to the stars. That's number five. This snowman was the star of the fifth track on the Jackson 5 Christmas album, but here he's our number four. It's Frosty. In at number three, it's obscure Family Guy pop culture reference time. Holy Avenger. Speaking of the big man, the new king was born today, didn't you know? Our second entry is Beacon of Hope. And coming in at the top spot, let me ask you, why is it always cold at Christmas? Because it's in December. In at number one, it's Cold Snap. And so we come to the end of yet another Ministry of Dice episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it and putting it all together for you. I've been Chris, a.k.a. True Mr. Six, and with me today I've had Andy. A.k.a. Santa's Little Helper. Indeed, yeah. So uh, on the note of Santa, our next due date is actually Christmas Day. And it's going to be very unlikely, folks, that we're going to get an episode out for you in two weeks on Christmas Day. In fact, our next full proper episode is going to be hitting on the 8th of January, Monday, the 8th of January. So we're going to take a little bit of a break for the festive season, spend some time with our families. And, well, we're just we're stuck for time to record. I've got nativities to go to, works, dues, blah, blah, blah. You're the same, aren't you, Andy? Yeah, 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 lots going on. Lots going on. So our next full proper episode is going to be on the 8th of January. We're going to take a little bit of a Christmas break. We are going to hopefully put out a shorter episode somewhere around Christmas time, but it won't be on schedule. It's certainly not going to land on Christmas Day. That will be just some tidbits, some outtakes, and some odds and sods that we've had lying around from the recordings that we've done leading up to this 11th episode today. So keep your eyes out for that. I'm going to put a little bit of a warning out there right now, though. 
there's a reason why we cut some of these from the episodes. <laughs> you probably can't tell. You wouldn't know from how professional and well put together the podcast sounds, of course. But I'm a little bit of a potty mouth. And Andy has a pretty risque sense of humour. Um <laughs> <laughs> to say the least so expect it to be a little bluer than usual expect it to be a little closer to the line of bad taste if, if that's even possible uh, than we usually are we've made attempts to bleep out some of the swears but i'm putting i'm warning you now fair warning that it's not perhaps an episode to play in the car when you have your children with you i'll mark it up as explicit content and stuff of course on the feed so when the podcast hosts all pick it up it should be it should be there but i'm letting you know now and i'll put it in the description and everything but i'm putting it out there so no episode in two weeks time of course that's going to be christmas day we're going to be filling ourselves with turkey and uh, fancy cheeses and i plan on drinking a lot of wine just to numb the pain of all the influx of plastic crap that's coming into my house but we will be putting out a, a shorter episode with some fun bits and bobs that we hope you enjoy otherwise expect us to be back fighting fit and mad for it in the new year on the 8th of january we've got a, a couple of great segments already in the pipeline for that episode that i strongly recommend you come back for in the meantime all that's left to say is that we at the ministry of dice wish you all a tremendous christmas and a great new year and we'll see you on the other side merry christmas merry christmas Here we go. Do you want me to count us in? <coughs> you count yeah, um, in. Oh. You count us in. It must be Christmas. Yeah. One, two, one, two, three, four. When, when the snowman snow brings, brings the, the snow, snow. <laughs> well, he might just like, like to, to know. know. <laughs> he put he a great big, big smile, smile on somebody's face. If you jump into your bed, quickly cover up your head. Don't you lock the you doors, like you know, the sweet Santa Claus is on the way. way. <laughs> well, I, I wish, wish it could, could be Christmas, Christmas every day. <laughs> when the kids start singing and the band begins to play. Oh, I wish it could be Christmas every day. <laughs> Let the bells ring out for Christmas. <laughs> Mate. My um my microphone my uh, headphones stopped working when I was like being really loud, so I couldn't hear what you were singing. Uh all I'll say, mate, is don't give up the day job. No. I was in the choir when I was a little kid. Uh, they clearly did not teach you much in the way of rhythm. <laughs> 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 All right, and that's the point to stop, I think, there.